Hello, welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am Jacob, the super rookie of One Piece, joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. We are back from extended hiatus since we both took a trip to the Grand Line. I was so enthralled by the Island of Water 7 that I annoyed the shit out of Justin until he took me and we took a trip. Had our good time there. We got a little distracted. However, we got split up by some Marines. Justin ended up stranded on the island of Kentucky. I know, weird. And has very poor snail phone reception. Justin? It does indeed. And it was a slim escape. I had to wait out in hiding for quite a while. But we are now safely both back on the ship. And we really appreciate <laughs> you listeners for your patience sticking with us through our uh, little mini time skip. But now, back to business as usual. This week, we are discussing the Water 7 arc, mm-hmm. which covers chapters 322 to 374 in the manga. But mostly, we're discussing up to chapter 341. Mm-hmm. And for the record, because we're going to do this in two parts for a few reasons, primarily because since we've been away from the One Piece story for a while, we want to keep our quality up as we've been going. We don't want to miss anything, so we're just going to give ourselves an extra week to really flesh this out, as well as to make sure that we didn't forget any thoughts we wanted to get out so we can come back to this. And again, you probably want to read and or watch the whole arc before listening to this because we might go past. Maybe. Just maybe. Oh, this arc was so fucking amazing, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Just right out the gate. Just right out the gate. I mean, yeah. So for context... We recorded the last episode about a month and a half ago about Skypea Navy Fightback arc. I read uh, Water 7, I think, not the entire thing in one night. No, I think, did I? We recorded it very early in the morning, didn't we, for that episode? So I think I read the whole thing in one night. And I had, after a while, I had my own version of the Avatar Blues, that depression where it's like, man, Avatar, the planet... Oh, Pandora was so cool. I wish I was there, man. And then I have my own version because I'm like, Water 7 is so fucking great, dude. <laughs> well, luckily oh. for you, you, you just got back from a visit from there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah no, totally. I totally know what you mean, though. It's like just the world building here, just the whole the city itself, the design of it seems so consistent. So just smart. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily realistic, nah, quote unquote. But yeah, but who gives a shit, shit yeah. about that? Yeah. Yeah. It looks amazing. That? It feels good. You've got crazy, like, water elevators. You know, you've got seahorses that people ride around on to get around mm. to these canals. It looks like Venice, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I think that kind of goes without saying. It's yeah. ju- Oh, man. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful city. It's great design. It's fantastic. Yeah, so I wanted to actually mention on that. So... The great thing I loved about Water 7 is that it takes what already exists in our real world in Venice, but Oda steroids it up and odifies it and makes it such a wonderful place. We're not even talking about what happens with the characters and the plot. We'll get there. We're just talking about Water 7 itself. Just Water 7, yeah. Because you mentioned the water elevators, and that's actually something we do have. It's how dams work. Uh, Sorry, not dams. uh, Canals. When a boat is right. going through like the Panama Canal and you're going through separate sections and like you're going from a higher water level to a lower, you'll go through a separate section. You have a little separate container. The water will, you know, even out to the next section. The boat will go forward and on and on. 
But obviously, yeah. Oda is like, no, I'm going to make an entire fucking elevator with ocean water. And yeah. how do you have machinery strong enough for that? It, it's Galila, okay? They, they're smart people. They, they can figure it out. I'm all for it, dude. This was such a fantastic place to visit. Completely oh agree. God. And just that little bit of realism, like you're mentioning, it, like I said, it just makes it almost believable and just out of the realm of, like, physicality, kind of, where you could actually imagine it. But in, mm -hmm. within the One Piece world, it's just, it really works. It works really well. It has enough real-world science behind it so that you don't just get totally, like, drawn out of the experience. Which mm -hmm. I don't think is really an issue with One Piece at all really because it's kind of established itself as crazy like we literally went to like a sky island they're floating on the clouds and absolutely i did, didn't think twice about it you know i'm mm -hmm. like okay now we're here cool that's just kind of kind of how one piece goes but it is really cool and it's just a different experience to see something that's almost tangible and still amazingly fantastical yeah we went from a bit of a magic focus with some twist because it ends up being a lot of devil fruit powers and impact dials and then we went to a bit more grounded. Here's the more innovative side, the engineering side of things. So if you're more on board with that kind of side of, you know, adventure in your fiction, then it's all for you. Because one of the first things that happens is we see, uh, you know, the first crazy invention of this area, which is the puffing Tom, where I literally thought this was a motherfucking hype train for the art going in because it plows through like a, a, a huge, yeah, the hype train. It goes, it co it plows, it plows through um, the the legendary frog Yogozuna as it's trying to go to Water Seven or out from it before the uh, Straw Hats try and eat him. But I feel like I'm already jumping ahead already. Goddamn, because that, that's literally, literally the first chapter of the arc. Yeah, it's the first chapter. But even before that, man, we have to establish the literally the first thing that happens in this arc that I knew it was going to be a good arc going in. But even before the hype train. Was Nami in that beautiful Union Jack dress, man? <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it looks like a Union mean. Jack. I'm calling it a Union Jack dress. God save the queen. You know, it looks fantastic. It's a great way, you know? Yeah, she looks... And, I think we've mentioned at least at least once or twice, Nami's swagging. She's got some style. She's always looking good. She knows how or what looks good on her. I mean, I guess Oda mm -hmm. knows. Got the character he designed. Like, what kind of outfits go on her to make her look good? And he yeah. just kills it every time. Her outfits are yeah. amazing. I think Oda heard as well where I said the unthinkable last episode where I thought Nami was actually a little annoying. And this is like an apology <laughs> where it's like, okay, I, I hear you. you. You're admitting Robin's got some great attire. Nami was annoying. You know what? As an apology, here. And I'm just like, thank you, Oda. <laughs> thank you. Robin Robin also dresses well. She really does. She, she just feels kind of classy almost. Even though her outfit almost looks like a... Like a leather, like a like a dominatrix style, like jacket almost. She makes it work. She, she makes, makes it, work. it work. She makes it look classy, and that is definitely saying something. Yeah. Oh, the two. I guess I could say it right now, but the two complaints I have for this arc, I can say one of them right now, is Oda presents us with the queen in the Union Jack dress, and she changes out of it when they get to Water Seven, and I got I got a little sad from that. I got a yeah. little sad because it's it's her best look so far, and obviously as a fan of nami i have to address it i had to but um also we get some i think it's like tension going on here because usually uh back at the alabasta arc i, I called this there's a moment where the straw hats are making jokes they're cracking on each other and they showed vivi right she's looking at them she's having fun she feels like she's a part of the group we have a very similar moment here with robin 
but this is after what happened with Admiral Ochiki and that whole reveal of like, you know, she's carrying something with her, guys. If she's with you guys long enough, you guys are going down. This is literally a chapter or two later, which is, you know, that's a put in retrospect. Oh, yeah. Like if you were to compare uh, like the very last page of the last uh, chapter, which was uh, Robin sleepless in the cabin because of the all the events that happened. And then you have the sunny, you know, <laughs> Nami in the next page. You're just like, this is a huge tone shift, but you can't forget it. It's still quite there, kind of lingering. So even though it kind of presents this opening moment of like Robin, you know, looking like she's with her crew, you still I still at least for me, I couldn't help but feel like. This doesn't hit nearly the same as it did with Vivi back in Alabasta arc. It, it doesn't feel quite as real, you know? Yeah. Because she looks happy, but yeah. it's Robin. It, it there's just, something, there's something wrong there. There's something missing. Yeah. Exactly. I get I get, I get, get that completely. I literally also made a note for that very exact same moment. And while we're on that moment, real uh-huh. quick, let's talk about what made Robin smile. Because I really liked... I always talk about like the Straw Hat banter. So I really oh, like yeah. that. It's an Usopp, Sanji, and Luffy moment. Luffy like has a little drive that he made and he's like, This is what we're looking for. Like, this is our ship, right? And oh. Usopp and Sanji <laughs> just like completely grill into him. You know, like oh Usopp's like, I would literally run away if I saw someone that looked like that. And Sanji's like, uh yeah, so would I. That's creepy. This, yeah, this big macho man that looks like Omni Man from Invincible, by the way. And it's just like this perfect specimen of a being. And oh, by the way, call out as always. Luffy says, again, this is the second time, by the way, we are going to find a, a, a ship writer. We're going to find a carpenter for our ship. He did at the very end of this chapter. He sets it very clearly like this arc. I need a ship right. Those, mm-hmm. This is going past 341. Mm-hmm. They do not get a ship right in this arc, as we know, because like I said, we read the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying um, he mentions it. So reading through this, I'm like, OK, keep a lookout. Because we're going to an area that we eventually find out is like the capital of shipwrights, like of uh, shipbuilding for the government. So I'm like, okay, so most likely they're going to find one here. Definitely yeah. not last arc where it, it was a filler arc, let's be honest. It was, I had fun with it, but it's a filler arc. And so that's why he's redoing it again this time around. Um, after the hype train plows through and <laughs> knocks out the the cool frog that Luffy has respect for because it challenges itself against an unstoppable force. And it's like, all right, that frog's cool. I don't want to eat it anymore. <laughs> hey, he's not uh, just a frog. He's a frog he, that does the freestyle stroke. Oh, absolutely. The freestyle stroke. <laughs> I imagine it is because I have a note on here where it's like, I don't think we see him again until later on. And well, I guess will be part two of our coverage, but I think even later, later, like maybe in the next arc, it'll make more sense once we cover through it. Right. I think that frog might be able to come back because he doesn't get quite an introduction like that unless he's going to do something, right? Kind of like the serpent in the Skypiea arc. Yeah. So I remember Yokozuna. I'll, I'll remember that frog. He'll come back, I think. Uh, yeah. And then we meet, uh, they find the lighthouse. They find like a little station, right? Yeah, like just a random, I guess, train station floating out in the middle of the sea, it seems like. Yeah, with a, uh, with a station master that just looks like a train she always looks directly at the camera of the panel sorry the camera quote-unquote <laughs> yeah. the, the panel and, like a train. yep uh chimney for a hat and then her face is wide so it looks like the front of a, like the like the cover for the train like if it was a snowplow yeah. and <laughs> I, like the one part that i made a note here where it's like the way she laughs where she it goes like nyak, nyak, nyak. and i'm just thinking like 
would it have been too much to make her laugh like hoo hoo hoo? Like you have to make her look like a train. She's uh, she's just straight up as a station master, but the laughter would have been too much, I guess. But yeah. it's a little disappointing. But she has uh, like a little daughter with her or a granddaughter, and then they have a pet that's a rabbit that look they treat like a cat. I don't know what the deal with that cat. <laughs> that that rabbit creeps me out. That kind of smile that's like always on his face, you know. Yeah, I could see it's that. Weird. I don't see that as creepy, but it is a little eerie because yeah, unsettling. I, yeah, because it's it's a rabbit that's treated like a cat. I think it's a What's rabbit wearing name? a cat costume. Uh, I have it as Gonbe. 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 There you go. Yeah, Gonbe. But yeah, just <laughs> the weird looking hat, uh, rabbit. I I, and I am a strong advocate for for our animal bros in One Piece, as you well know. I don't like that oh. rabbit. Yeah, that is true, actually, yes. You gave me a lot of shit for not liking the... Um, Shout out to Carew. <laughs> for Carew, exactly. That, <laughs> you gave me a lot of shit boy, for not being on that train right away. <laughs> unless, unless you count Chopper as an animal, bro. Carew's best boy. That Fight is me. true. That is true. <laughs> um, just like Yokozuna. So, they are told a lot of destinations to go to. Uh, one of them sounds like a French place. One of them sounds like an Italian place. One sounds like a Spanish place. But they want a uh, carpenter to look at their ship or some someplace to look, uh, go through the merry-go. And they said, oh, go to Water 7. And I will still keep by. It's a bad name. Where I still thought, I think in the last episode, I was thinking, like, this sounds like a default military base that the government would be like, hey, we have a new island. It's kind of empty. Ah, Water 7. Fuck it. We'll, t- we'll go with it later, you know? So I didn't think too much about it. But, boy, when they get there holy goddamn shit like we already praised it but i feel like we yeah. still gotta praise it the, water Just the so double bad. panel of the city is beautiful and even mm. if if that one person watching this podcast <laughs> that doesn't mm-hmm. read or watch one piece gets to this point you should just go look up that panel of the city water seven from one piece it is just mm-hmm. gorgeous absolutely uh, at first view, it does look like it's just a giant fountain surrounded by levels of walls and towns but the further they go in, it just gets better and better and better. It like I the, what I thought of this time when I looked at it was because I recently watched Lord of the Rings. It looked mm-hmm. like Gondor, mm-hmm. but, but with bigger rings and I could and definitely see that. It's yeah, like water of, Gondor. Yeah, yeah, because Gondor is against the mountainside, a plateau, and they built it higher up, higher up, higher up, separated by casts, right? Uh, people at the bottom and the king up top. But yeah, in this version, it's an island. So it's like the center of the island is where um, the fountain itself is. It's not actually like the headquarters, I don't think. And then the next ring below that is where like the. I actually don't remember. I know at the very bottom is like the markets, right? The very the where all the people are. The markets yeah, is where I, you first go in. I think the shipyard is up on the second floor. Possibly because they made it. They made it very For uh, level. They made it very. They made it very clear that you take the water, the elevators and you go to the next level. So I might be even uh-huh. misremembering it at the markets are um, on the second level. And the first level is just where you dock your ship. That might be right, because I feel like, I mean, it's kind of not that important. But I, cause yeah. I feel like the the ship or the Yagaras that Luffy and Nami were on, they went like up upwards. Because they were like, whoa, mm. the ship can, or the fish can swim it, upwards. That's insane. And then they arrived at the market, right? By the way, thanks for mentioning that. Because you mentioned uh, Gondor. The city. Uh-huh. I wanted to bring up Omashu from Avatar: Last Airbender. Oh, that's because, another very good comparison. 
Mm -hmm, because like city, yeah. literally those little water canals that the bulls go on, the little seahorses, uh, the little things that they go on, instead of like the mailing chutes going down, they use them as uh, like little bridges to climb up. Like, I actually like that more than Gondor. That's a little more fitting if those like crate canals were like mm -hmm. sidewalks is kind of the idea that you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just so much creativity with like, how how do tourists get around? They go across these uh, unique water canals. Where do the ships dock? Oh, they go into here. How are the people? They have a very uh, they have a very business friendly attitude where it's like you know like a license fair paradise where it's like, oh, you guys are pirates? Yeah. All right, go to go to that dock over there. That, that way you don't have to worry about the you know yeah. Gaia looking at you guys. Just just behave. All right, you're fine. You're fine. And then, but yeah, if you show up with money, that like, people love you, dude. Uh, what else do I have here? Like, yeah, it, it does come thing. across as a very, I guess I got multiple ideas from that. It's either, like you said, a very industrious city, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like a tourist attraction almost. Thus they have, which you can kind of also infer because of the train itself that it goes to like, oh, it goes to an island where you can get the best food, the gourmet island. Then it goes to the, the funnest island, the carnival island, mm -hmm. all this stuff, you know, like it is a tourist attraction. And also because their mayor is their shipwright and he's just so well respected, you know, he's like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm running a ship business here. Most people that have ships or at least a, a large percentage of people on ships are pirates. Mm. So we're not going to turn pirates away. And the people are, are just accepting of that. Maybe because of iceberg industry, you know, industrialism, maybe a little mix. Mm -hmm. But either way, it's just such a good a good vibe. You really start to like you understand kind of like how the city runs based on things like that. Oh, actually, yeah, absolutely. You've mentioned that. And I kind of wanted to wait until part two, but you brought up the how the how the trade flows into Water Seven. The way that I saw it was, yeah, because the way that it's the center point uh, connected uh, close enough to, like I mentioned, like the French island, the Italian island, the Spanish island, and all these connections that it has with those trains. I feel that even if Water Seven doesn't have much except for the actual company itself. It offers the space for bazaars, for supermarkets, so everyone can come in thanks to those trains to go through the Grand Line, maybe go through the Calm Belt. I actually don't know how strong those trains are. Maybe go beyond the Calm Belt, bring in extra shit, and go into Water 7, because Water 7 is seemingly the pinpoint, like the pinnacle spot of travel. It's almost like New York yeah. City with international uh, airports or Paris, you know. I've got a very so good... Uh... going in good way to say it to you specifically jacob and i will context it for our readers we grew up in a town and went to high school which is where we met for just mm -hmm. you know some lore for you guys and <laughs> the, this town's like slogan quote unquote was at one <laughs> point it's happening like in this town but i guarantee you right it is not but water seven <laughs> that's the best way to say it it's happening in water seven. it's happening like it is happening that's all you got to say you don't got to say what it is because it is all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. gosh this is this place has so much like we're still gushing over how beautiful this place is how great we're like, are, like, what about the negatives of Water 7? What about the negatives of Water 7? Who cares? <laughs> All of this other great stuff. We mentioned the bulls, right? A uh, couple chapters. Um, if you're, like, you can't just navigate your ship through. Oh, real quick, we should mention, um, after they tried docking the ship, uh, part of the, uh, one of the uh, center support beams, like the one that hold the, um, the sails, it just snaps. Like, Zoro is just, the, like, the undoing. Mast, yeah. The mask. He's just simply uh, roll, uh, tying up the sails, and it just snaps completely. 
a great reminder that yeah this ship is like on its last legs we definitely yeah. desperately need someone to repair the ship that's actually important i, I really We're love so how casually he just like oh my bad and he lifts it back up and like yeah, puts it back on just holding it yeah <laughs> just it got some duct tape back there <laughs> i'll hold it in place in the meantime but yeah um luffy usopp and nami they go further into water seven they uh dock the ship or they're trying to find it i think they do dock the ship but either way, they're trying to go yeah. through a big... Zoro stays on the ship with with most of the other Straw Hats initially while uh, Luffy, yeah. Luffy, Usopp, and Nami go to both yeah. exchange their gold from Skypiea into barriers mm-hmm. and find the shipyard. I definitely appreciate that. They were consistent I did with, as like, well, yes. Like, yes, finally, we can, we got the treasure. Let's cash it in. And they we learn about the bulls. That's how tourists or visitors navigate throughout the throughout Water 7. There are different categories, by the way. Yagara, Rabuka, and King. Um, depends on how much you're carrying and shit. Locals are very friendly. Like, if you just say, we're carrying the cargo, this is all of us, they recommend, oh, yeah, let's get this and this. They don't care if you're pirates. They just want you to go through. They will care, however, if you're carrying a bunch of gold with you, and then all of a sudden their uh, prices skyrocket. <laughs> as always. As I thought that was really funny it. how just in, like, that little one or two chapter span that they were mm-hmm. transporting like the money and talking to the the shipwrights about the Mary. How many people like saw the money and just kind of lost their minds a little bit? I thought it was, oh, yeah. it was done really well. It didn't feel like like it was pushed a little too hard. It was just funny. I thought it was funny enough and not overbearing. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing where the that random NPC, if you would, if you're playing a video game, right? If you're playing the random NPC was like he dropped us enough lore. He seemed very friendly. He seemed very chill. And then he had enough of a personality too, where it's like, oh, he's a businessman. You show him a bunch of gold, immediately he goes, oh, you know this uh, this little uh, this bull here. Uh, it's about a hundred million berries, you know, yeah. at a very fair <laughs> yeah. price. But yeah, it was so great. We get to see. Um, I mentioned it already. Huge Omashu vibes going to the canals. Oh, oh yeah, the shopping areas that straight up ripped from the canals of Venice, where you have like the overarching yeah. bridge, 100%. the famous. Yeah, but you. But the part that I loved so much was this is the odified part of water seven is, you know, you have these bulls, right? That transport. What if we just had these markets that were just focusing and pointed into the water so that you don't even get out of your bowl. You could just shop on the go. And I'm just like these marketers, like it feels like this place has history because of course the marketers would find a way to make it more convenient for you to not get your lazy ass out of the park or the bowl, just buy on the go. And even more tempting, let's put water meat, what bulls love, so they naturally want to swim up to it. And of course, Luffy just goes <laughs> yeah. along with it because he smells meat. And it's this, again, it's so much creativity with this and on, on a meta level. Like, I know I'm saying, like, oh, uh, Avatar Blues, ha ha. But on a real serious level, this is one of the most creative fictional places I've been to from just these, like, three chapters so far. I, it is I amazing. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely this is all, all within, within the first three chapters of this arc is all the Water 7 stuff. It's done really yeah. well. It's great. <sighs> Hands down, water. if I were to actually visit somewhere in the Grand Line, it would be Water mm-hmm. 7. Like, in one piece, in general, Water 7 mm-hmm. for sure. And thanks to those, uh, thanks to the Puffing Tom, that might be possible easily. Just make sure you have the money for it. <laughs> and I think, yeah, at this point, we meet a few of the Galia Law guys, but we don't get to... You know, we don't get to see them up front. Like we we get introduced to Luchi, Polly, Lulu, Tilestone. There's there's some Gaia Law people. There's some shipwrights. 
I really like point. that panel when it shows the shipwrights just like completely destroying that random unnamed pirate crew. Oh, yeah, what? so sorry. I, yeah, I skipped it. Sorry. So yeah, that panel you're talking about where I was worrying if I'll jump your head too far. But yeah, the part where it shows what happens, right? Where it's like they accept pirates, but what happens when pirates act like pirates and they feel like they're being ripped off and yeah. they're being threatening? And then, well, it's because Iceberg, the main guy, they're trying to find uh, Water 7, the main shipwright owner. He hires the toughest motherfuckers that are the best at their job, but they're also security guards at the same time. Where the pirates are acting up out on the Grand Line, this deep, by the way, and they get one-shotted by, like, yeah, the Galley Law Company, like, you mentioned how yeah. they're looking. I have here, they're posing for their next album. <laughs> they're posing <laughs> for their next, like, musical album. Yeah. Gonna, this is the platinum. This is the platinum right here, folks. And, yeah, we mentioned a couple of names already. Lucci, Polly, Lulu, Tilestone. Did um, you do the, like, just analyze the crap out of that whole panel, being like, oh, maybe this guy is going to join the strike. I was totally doing that. I was. Yeah, I do it. It's such a good setup for it. Like, you know right away at yeah, the exactly. end of the first chapter, like, let's get to shipwright. And I think this is the end of the second chapter of the arc, or maybe the third, when it shows the Galley Law Company. And you just see all these, you see the shipwrights, you see that they're strong. And, you know, like, they can fight. They have battle prowess. And then mm. it shows them all. So immediately you're like, okay, one of these people has to be the guy. Which of these badasses is it going to be? Is it going to be that one that looks like Slade from Guns N' Roses? Is it going to be that guy, that huge dude that has, like, a, a shell-shaped beard? Is it the guy that has a blocked nose? I don't know. Like This it's... guy is smoking a cigar with, like, the flames on his jacket. It could be Oh, anyone. absolutely. It, like, there's this dude that actually, I mentioned Omni-Man earlier as a joke, but there's a character that kind of has the same mustache where he has that handlebar mustache, but with glasses and short hair. And there's, like, all these different choices. Like, it, it, like it's, like, water, the Galilee Law, Water 7, it's literally advertising to uh the, the straw hats before they even mentioned they're looking for a carpenter is like look at all the potential choices look yeah. at them all right here pick one um <laughs> uh, but it's fantastic um so at this point most of the straw hats have left the ship uh robin chopper sanji they've all left as well zoro is left to look after the ship but then like after less than a chapter he gets attacked like there's some people like trying to take care of like they're trying to capture the ship, basically. They're trying to loot it up. Um, he bites them off quickly, but we find out it's the Frankie family. We learn that although Water 7 is known for shipwrights, they have a section that's, you know, they know, they're know they known for dismantling. If you take apart an old ship, but, you know, something that's been turned in, captured, they dismantle it, and they sell all the pieces or they keep it for themselves. But they have, like, an infamy to them. That's, that's like, yeah. the sour part of Water 7. I'm just like, <laughs> that's a small sacrifice. Have you seen the water meat? It's so right. fucking like, good. I can, I can handle these guys. It's you want to go down the elevator again? It's so cool, dude. <laughs> All you need to know is don't carry $300 million or berries that with you in briefcases. That's a thing you probably shouldn't do in a city that where there's a gang, that... basically. But uh, other than that, you'll be fine. Just go about yeah, your business. Might... Oh, absolutely. Um, we do learn... Oh, this is actually when... Right before I want to... I'll mention the one good part because... Oh, I mentioned another positive part where, yeah, you mentioned that they turn in the treasure and they go to, um, what's the actual name? Like the person who, uh, uh, transitions one currency to another. What's that called? Is it just, uh, converting? I, I think a conversion, something what? to that effect. Just, something that's like a, that word. That's a converter. They, sure. 
Yeah, for now. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't Works think I'm the proper term for it. <laughs> um, they go to the guy. They bring like ancient treasure that's from a long, a thought long lost civilization. And this guy is like, "You got a good chunk here. I like you guys. You know what? This is some cool shit. I'm gonna give you a hundred million berries." Luffy and Usopp are going, "Holy shit! That is so much money. That's so awesome." Nami literally puts the foot down, quite literally, and goes, "Motherfucker, listen up, okay." My buddy here, he's worth 100 million berries himself. If you don't give us what these pieces are worth, that 100 million on his head is going to go a little higher after taking care of you, okay? Give us what we're worth. That $100 million fist is going straight up your ass unless you pay Uh me fairly. And, and, And it stretches, so you might go really high up there, I'm just saying. So <laughs> with some with with Nami's barter at 100 they get from 100 million to 300 million berries and now they got good fucking money and now they're figuring out right away what to buy they're thinking do we need to go to the ship first how about supplies first what about us first we're we're vacationing like there's all this fun stuff going on where it's like okay shit okay first iceberg we need to find iceberg first however a little before this, we get a critical part of the plot that will definitely expand in part two of our coverage of this arc is Robin and Chopper are going about. Robin uh, lets it drop real quick to Chopper that, oh, yeah, she has a very good talent for hearing. Chopper goes, how'd you get that talent? Eh, experiences, you know, very vague, very distant, as always, is Robin. Uh, Chopper gets distracted. He finds a bookstore. It's very fucking cute, by the way. Chopper gets his fucking books. I'm so happy for him. A masked figure walks by Robin and goes, I'm with CP9. We don't know what the hell CP9 is. Robin freaks out, though, similar to how she did with Okuji. And then she's gone. Just gone. We don't see her again until much later. As a a quick aside, but not really an aside, Mm -hmm. I have a very distinct memory of this episode in the anime when I was watching it for the first time. Oh. Because it was different than what it is in this official dub. And that, in the anime, all this masked figure says is CP9. Just that. Oh, okay. And so it was was just like, I felt that was maybe a little bit more mysterious. I think I like that better, actually. And I did kind of like that better. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I don't recall, because I'd have to read the the raw Japanese chapter for this, which I never have this this chapter. Okay. But I don't know if that's what he said in the Japanese, if it's just CP9. I assume so, but I do it, prefer that version. I think the versions we're still reading still have Zoro's name as Zolo. They so it indeed, might be yes. possible because, yeah, transition issues. So either way, yeah, I would see it as a lot better if he just said, or they, if they said CP9 and that was it. Because, yeah, if you say I'm with CP9, what if someone overheard that? And it's like, okay, it's a group, right? It narrows it down. Whereas if you just say CP9, right. it just sounds like you're saying a bunch of letters and, and numbers. Yeah, like there were so many theories, like... Th- because when I first caught up to One Piece, I, I think I said this before, it was pretty close to this point. It was, like, right after this. So I could still oh, okay. find, like, theories about this part, like, online. Mm, and people yeah. were like, oh, is it, like, a code? Is she, like, a sleeper agent? Did they wake her up? You know? Like, it was just so much speculation. And if you read this, it narrows it down to, oh, it's a group. It's an organization. I'm like, oh, that kind of kills some of the fun. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just right away, like, oh, he's with someone. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no mystery there. Yeah, so, so I, just, says, I just didn't like that translation particularly, or yeah, even if it's not a translation it. issue, I didn't like how they decided to do it. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. It's a lot better for if, if it was just CP9. Um, 
we do get to meet an interesting new character who I thought for about 10, 15 chapters, I was sold. This was most likely going to be the new uh, Straw Hat. Uh, Kaku. 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 Wait, who, uh, who is that again? He is the blocky looking dude. He uh, has a long nose like Usopp. He I'm is known as... I just wanted to make a joke about how he looks like Usopp. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he looks like Usopp. He's got a long nose, but he looks blocky and squarey. He's pretty well-mannered. They mentioned his age right away. Like he's, They're almost like the Oda's giving you a resume, right? Where it's like, here's his age. He's well-mannered. He's known right. like the mountain wind. He's got powers. He is a part of the Gaia Law, so you know he kicks ass. And people are immediately going, oh, he reminds me of Usopp. Like they, they're friendly to him, too. So immediately I'm like, oh, and then there was that thing, too, Justin said last episode at Skypea, where there was that oh, weird yeah. thing that repaired the Merigo. I don't know how Kaku got there, but maybe if these two are the same things, because you described that, that thing as blocky. Uh, yeah, so I described it as having a, like a square-like head or something. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. Like, yeah. So my brain was going, oh, so Mountain Wind, maybe he was just flying one day and got there. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's yeah. One Piece, man. I unintentionally <laughs> set you up for a fake. <laughs> yeah, for a fake out there. But either way, I was so sold. Maybe, that also. We this... don't know if Kaku is indeed the guy. Though, maybe, I mean, having read the whole arc, we can say yeah, probably at the end not. Of, right. Yeah, yeah the probably end, not. At, yeah. Like I already, yeah, I, already, I mentioned that 10, 15 chapters, in my opinion, definitely changes after that. Just from this part, I'll even get to yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But as of right now, I'm thinking like 50, 60%, I'm thinking this guy is probably the new Straw Hat. He's a little bland, but I think because the last new guy we had was Chopper, uh, Robin. So I'm thinking someone a bit more basic, literally blocky, where he literally you know, builds like build, Lego building blocks. So I'm thinking, okay, simple, but Oda's really good at making simple looking characters yeah. actually complex. So like there, okay. there's an alternate timeline where this guy, Kaku comfortably fits in and like you give him a, with a, a different backstory. Than, yeah. And, well, he doesn't have him, one, but with a good enough backstory, you know, maybe he was adopted by the freaking company or something. He's still pretty young, you know, 23, mm -hmm. make him an ex gang member, having that like, <laughs> gang thing established. You yeah. know what I mean? Something they could have done something that would have made him believable enough to be a straw hat. And it wouldn't have. Yeah. Been weird. And then another third timeline where Kaku is the narrative focus of one piece where Luffy is still the main character, but the perspective is told from Kaku's perspective and he's the straight man of the group. So he's the one constantly going, what the fuck is going on around here? Like yeah. all the, he's that guy, you know, that's a, that's a third, fourth timeline going on where like Haku would have been that guy, like the C3PO R2D2 of the group where it's like, Oh, I don't know what's going on, dude. <laughs> but either way, he was a pretty, he was an interesting dude. Right. He, and he offers to check out the ship. He asked where they parked station one was parked. Jesus Christ. Where they, uh, place their ship he goes station one and they literally he just jumps like it's assassin's creed but then he glides over there i guess like assassin's creed actually yeah he's, he's an apex legends character takes no fall damage you know what that's better that's better that. apex yeah. legends yep that's better that's better <laughs> i was thinking venice i was thinking old school so my mind was assassin's creed but literally like sky dropping like your apex yeah like yeah except yeah, i was thinking like assassin's creed except you die from fall damage <laughs> In Apex, you just With, jump off anything, and that's pretty much what he does. Mm -hmm. Jumps off, looks yeah. like it's hundreds of yards into the air, and he just flies all the way down there, lands no problem, and just keeps on keeping on. Yeah, there's also the uh, the additional like running joke where it only lasts for two chapters, but because Kaku has a long nose, three different Straw Hats mistake him for Usopp. Like Luffy, the dumb way, where he's literally looking at Kaku, going, 
Usopp. And then Usopp's literally standing right next to him going, I'm right here, asshole. But then when Kaku's flying towards the merry-go, Sanji, when he thought he does see Robin, but he loses her, wonders where she's going while he's shopping, looks up and sees the shadowy figure with a long stick for a nose and goes, right. Usopp? <laughs> Yeah, he like wakes then, up and he goes, "Oh, it's just Usopp," and just goes back. To yeah, exactly. Zoro, yeah, Zoro like wakes up because he's after his fight with the Frankie family, his round one. Wakes up and sees Kaku there and goes, "Usopp? Oh no, it's someone else." And then, but Kaku's friendly, like I said, he's just checking out the ship. So that was just a little, a little great running gag I wanted to mention because I had a little fun with that. I don't know. Some reason do a quick that nose jokes track. never get old. Yeah, go on. Very shortly ago, when we were talking about. Well, it's right. It was it happened right before we saw uh, the Chopper and Robin scene. In that, when uh-huh. they were going to exchange the money, Nami, Usopp, and Luffy, Nami kind of made like a joke about converting it to cash just to keep it safe, since Usopp would be carrying some of it. Mm-hmm. And she made the joke <laughs> that she didn't trust that he like could hold on to it and was strong enough to like keep it. She's like, "No, mm-hmm. I don't trust you." You know, he's like, "Oh, don't you trust me?" And she's like, "No." Oh, actually, I feel like that's very important to note for this. I actually didn't pick up on that. Thank you for mentioning that. I did not pick up on that because what I remember is when they get the suitcases of berries, they split it up three ways. Like Luffy carries one, Usopp carries one, Nami carries one. But that's what I remember. I actually didn't remember that line. That's actually a very good catch. But then Luffy was like messing around with his and he almost dropped it in the water. Remember, like right outside. Yeah. So So they gave his big insult. That would be a big insult. Yeah. Where Nami's like, I don't trust up with this cash and then luffy over here is literally like chucking it into the water and of course right. nami you know freaks the fuck out rightfully so but yeah I, that's a really important line for going on yes. but um yeah so once they finally get to like the station right station one you get to see the the, sh- the shipyard at work and yeah, it is cool. straight up another odified real world bit where if, okay, so those, those of you might not know, there's a, a piece of Venice called the Arsenal. It was an old legendary shipyard where, you know, just ships were made. Very good at its job. If you've played Civilization VI, the video game, it's literally one of the wonders that you can build where it's next to an industrious district, right? And you uh, you build it, and whenever you build a ship unit, you get two instead of one. It's a really good wonder in that game. And Oda was, like, cracking his knuckles, going, yeah. you know what? I'm going to Odafy this bitch up, too. And now we have like skyscraper sized cranes. There are so many people going on. They're making like this massive galleon in sight. Like it's not nearly as pretty as Water 7, but I'm like looking at this going, dude, this is a moneymaker. Holy shit. That explains why it got rich in the first place with this here. Holy shit. Uh, We also get to finally meet Iceberg. And I couldn't, even after all this time, I couldn't figure out what was the best way to compare this guy to because obviously he's got like the fashion sense going right he's got the lips he's got the hair he's got the attire he's got the mannerisms of like a celebrity too where he's very arbitrary where his secretary khalifa is going yo you got uh all these meetings going on here these very important money-making meetings but you know he's talking to straw hats so he's just like cancel all my meetings i'm talking to these strangers and it's like okay (laughs) He's just like, I don't want but, to. I'm not doing uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. So it's like, it's almost immature, but he's also basically the Doge. Based, um, Doge, Prince Mayor, whatever you want to call it. The leader of Venice or Water 7. Uh, the mayor. He can do whatever the hell he wants, but he does that 
fucking liberally so where he's just like i don't want to i don't want to do it but, i like how she uh, immediately is like okay i'll cancel like, yeah everything. they have a very snappy relationship because she says here are you meetings he goes cancel the launch she goes right away but also when he goes i want uh like let's say like i want black tea and then she goes it's already been boiling for five minutes and then she goes oh i must commend you khalifa i must commend you like they're yeah. she's very thankful it's very quick it's very snappy where i'm like these two, these two know. They know what's up. <laughs> they, they have, they have like a pattern going on. They know what each other wants, but or no, sorry, she knows what he wants all the time, and so she's like, she's yeah, she's down for it. She's fine. She knows exactly what she wants. Sorry, what he wants. So he's she's so snappy. God, I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry, but um, a small thing too that I wanted to mention that I thought I liked this guy, or I think I do like this guy, is he a random arbitrary personality? Like I said. He has a random pet mouse that he found that day. He named it Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus, yep. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus mouse. Still a better better animal, bro, than going back. Uh, <laughs> like, is this the best animal in all of One Piece? This Tyrannosaurus no. mouse that's done nothing? <laughs> I don't know. With a name like that, you think it has a deep history behind it, a dark secret. But right. he just says, oh, I just found this mouse randomly. It's in my little pocket now. Um, there was a moment as well where, oh, gosh. How did they? Was it Luffy throwing away the money or the Frankie family? No, sorry. They were distracted by the well, by iceberg. And then the Frankie family just, again, they just show up. They kind of scooped take up Usopp two- during this scene, yeah. Uh, that's a little later, but we can kind of combine the two, right? No, because- it's, it's during the tour. It, it is literally right here. Like, they're like, he's like, yeah, this is the shipyard, blah, blah, blah. Like, wow, this is amazing. And then you just see the quick, like, two or three panels. The Frankie family hops out, grabs Usopp, covers his mouth, and bam. But see, that's actually, okay, so I actually have it here. This is the second time. Because Frankie family really wants that money. The first time they grab two suitcases after they're distracted by Iceberg the first time. Then Polly, the cigar guy, yes, with the goggles and cigar, he, uh intervenes and actually stops the Frankie family. Straw Hots are like, oh, thanks for saving our 200 million, like at, like idiots. And then Polly, who's a guy in debt, going, 200 million? Later. <laughs> I then, feel like reading this, Polly is a strong candidate for a straw. Uh, I could definitely see that too, yeah. But I thought, oh, with such a off-footing at the time I was reading this, this is ironic, I thought he made such a bad first impression, I'm thinking, he can't be a straw hat. And plus, he seems a bit too dull, where he seems too normal, whereas Kakus was well-mannered, but he still looked unique, right? He had that Oda spice to it a little bit, whereas Polly, he looks like a regular dude with goggles and a cigar. So I'm thinking, eh, not really. And plus, again, ironic, that's how Fair. dumb how this will sound later, where he had a bad first impression. I don't think he'll be going to Straw Hats. <laughs> and I'm going to eat Robin? that really hard. <laughs> Robin? No, later on. We'll get to... No, we'll I'm just saying, like, Robin had a pretty bad first impression. <laughs> her first impression was very strange, but actually, yeah, you're right. But I, again, I, again, I'm, th- I'm reading at this point where I'm thinking potential carpenters and my reasoning. I know it's a wrong reasoning, but yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting about Robin and I'm also forgetting about this dude that we're going to see 10, 15 chapters from now and where I'm like 99% sure right. he's actually the new carpenter. But, I think it's actually like four or five chapters from now. Possibly. But, no, sorry, what kicked in for me. Sorry, when it kicked in for me. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, when I saw Polly, I wasn't thinking uh, new Carpenter, but, you know, a candidate. But it was like, if I was going through resume, I'm going, eh, low on the list. Why? He's super in debt. Nami would not go along with him. So, obviously, for me, that means, obviously, no siree. But I, I was thinking, I mean, just like, if you're 
I would be thinking if I didn't know everything that's going to happen in the entire story, right? Like, from mm. the storytelling perspective, that it could create an interesting dynamic on the ship just between, like, the two of them. Yeah. And it could have interesting yeah, interactions. And it's kind of also foil to Sanji in some ways, you know? He's like, oh my gosh, put on pants. Like, your legs are yeah. way too, like, sexy. Yeah, I that's... can't look at that. Yeah, but... that's actually true. Polly had that weird mannerism, yeah, where he's offended by Nami and Khalifi because they're wearing skirts on, on the shipyard. And that's like, this is where men work, yet to be covered up and conservative, and how dare you? And it's like, Polly, chill, dude, all right? You're, you're, you're really being a party killer right now? A little a old killer. school, you know? All right? chill dude all right <laughs> it's a weird mannerism but yeah it's consistent we also get uh, a better introduction to luchi i mentioned him earlier the guy that looks like slade and i fell in love with the bird hattori where hattori. it's a little hattori he a little pigeon with a little red little tie and he speaks for luchi because luchi doesn't talk quote wink, unquote wink wink, wink. and and it's established that Lucci might be using the bird as a ventriloquist somehow, or sorry, like a ventriloquist somehow. But either way, I didn't pick up on that first time reading through it. I'm like, dude, this bird is has like the Alfred like accent from Batman, like the British accent, where it's like, where are my manners? I represent fair Lucci here. I apologize for Polly's <laughs> behavior. I'm just like, oh my god, please, I want this bird. <laughs> Can we get right. the bird? Can we get the bird to join the Straw Hats, <laughs> please? <laughs> Uh, you want yeah, they, do, they need like a pet. That's what the Straw Hats need, like an actual, an pet. actual pet. Because yeah, I think everyone thinks pet. the Chopper is their pet, you know. But we need you know a what? real pet. Justin, I have the answer for you. Back to Alabasta, Karoo. <laughs> back to Karoo. Get, get him back. Get him back. Get him back. Although Vivi might have a problem with that. I would also but... accept Cowboy from the Supersonic Duck Squad. That's true too. That's also good. But yeah, if we can't, you know what? Hatori is a good substitute. But yeah, Luffy's reaction to the bird is also fucking hilarious where the whole time Hattori is talking to Nami Usopp with Luchi and Polly, Luffy over and over is like that bird can talk dude that <laughs> yeah. bird can talk and at the final end like just Luffy's reaction like a pulling a Final Fantasy 7 uh, a bridge reference here where it's like that bird can talk <laughs> like he's just yeah. losing his goddamn mind yeah. about the bird I was just like I'm on the same page but maybe the bird then, is the real mastermind Confirmed. <laughs> just saying maybe the bird is the one piece but then we got another tone shift here by the way the arc is very good with the tone shifts by the way the, yes. we got another major tone shift where kaku returns to the shipyard with iceberg and the straw hats and he went to analyze the amerigo what pairs need to be done he returns so what's the get-go oh by the way this is when usopp gets jumped this is when this happens, so this is also very important too because Usopp's not here for this moment. He's carrying two of the briefcases. He's he's window shopping or browsing for new cannons for the ship, of course, but is jumped again by more members of Frankie's family. They're very they're very sneaky, but persistent as well. Very persistent, exactly. It's two hundred million though. I don't blame them. It's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, but and they're just carrying around in suitcases. And Kaku returns. He gets the, they get the, uh, they get the, uh, diagnosis and the merry go is done. They cannot fix it. And I thought this was actually a really heavy part where I'm like, oh shit. I didn't expect such a straight answer where it's like, you know, the experts of the sea go of ship writing or carpeting and just going, the ship's done. Like it's a miracle. It's been sailing this far. I commend you guys for keeping it together for this long, which is a compliment, right? But the spine of the ship, the keel, 
which is like the very bottom of the ship, it's broken. It snapped. You guys, you can't just replace it. If you guys do, it's a new ship, right? It's such a vital part of the ship where it's, one, it's easier just to buy a new ship. And two, this is actually what Hattori is saying, which is also why I love Hattori. Or love, I'm not sure. That if we just fix this one part, it will not feel the same. You'll call it the Merigo. It'll look like the Merigo, but it won't feel like the Merigo. It becomes like philosophical almost with the Galliard yeah. Company, where it's like, guys, like the ship is done. Like it sailed its time. It had a great run, but you have an outdated caravel. It survived longer than it should have. Just let us dismantle it, aka like a proper burial for the ship, right? Where it's like, you don't want it at the bottom of the sea. Properly take it apart buy a new ship will give you like the scrap the lumber right so you have your memories and also you know serve as lumber like if yeah, anything you, know, you can keep the figurehead if you want you know yeah, exactly like, keep keep them keep the figurehead if you want like it's very iconic it's the goat head um god i actually forgot the guy's name the butler from syrup village mary that lent mary oh is that really yeah, his, name? his name was mary <laughs> i the remember the ship much him. more <laughs> i remember the yeah, ship so going much. mary is named after mary yeah yeah so yeah keep the mary head and yeah, when I say yeah. Mary, 99% of the time I'm talking about the ship. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's like 100%. I, like I said, I forgot the name of the Like, fuck. fuck Mary. And you know who yeah. I'm talking about when I say that. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fake fan. Sorry, guys. I, I didn't know. I forgot who Mary was. I, I, won't, for, I won't forget Mary, yo. But then it gets really emotional because, again, we're having like this philosophical difference where her tour is explaining how we can't fix the Mary, go If we do this, like, very bare minimum you guys want, which is to fix the keel. It's so un... What's the right term? I'm trying to give a proper analogy where I think it's like if you have like a very shitty 1970 car and the guy goes, okay, your timing belt snapped, everything about the car is damaged, and you're like, oh, let me just get a new engine. And it's, it's like, like I think it's like cheap, if the dude. frame of your car is about to like break. Like I can't yeah. just weld it's, that back together. I your would, car okay, is it, gone. It, it, Let's go a step further. Let's say the timing belt snapped on your engine and it ruined the frame of like half your car on top of that. Right. Yeah. So it's like you're willing to pay like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to get a whole new engine and frame for the shitty old car. Why don't just buy a new car? You can get a new model for like fifteen thousand dollars. Like you're saving money. It's just better that way. It's, it's this is basically what the Galileo company is, is describing to the straw hats right now, where it's they're trying to just go step by step. We understand your connection to the ship. However, it's not possible. It's not viable. It's it's like real world, like slapping them right. And Luffy yeah, is like, being be stubborn right here. Impossible. He's going, yeah. So Luffy's being stubborn right now. Going, I refuse to buy a new ship. Like this ship has carried us through so much shit. And yeah, we've been here since chapter. When did they get the ship? Thirty something, forty something. Like they've been with the ship for three hundred plus chapters. A long. It's time. a part of. Yeah, it's a part of the crew essentially, and. Then Iceberg, this arbitrary person, the person who literally like doesn't mind canceling meetings on people and losing profit because he wants to do something else and have fun, is calling out Luffy going, you're a captain of the ship. Consider your crew. Consider your status as captain. Here's a catalog. Let it cool down. Rethink it, okay? After all, you're the customer. We can't force you to buy a ship. But... Like, think it like, like Iceberg, this arbitrary guy is calling Luffy out of like, you're not being very captain-like right now. You're, you're being, you're being childlike. You're being naive. You're, you're doing the, the shonen stubborn thing and hoping some magic happens and the merry-go is refined to be perfect, good as new. Like you're at a shipyard, you've got money, buy a new ship. 
right? It's easier and it's better. So rethink it. It was actually, it was a really good grounded moment, but like in the middle of all this too, like they find out Usopp with the money. Well, sorry, they find the suitcases. Usopp's missing. The money is missing. They go out to find Usopp and they realize, oh shit, right? And yeah. like to continue the change in tone, they Nami finds Usopp pretty early, like as if the Frankie family left him out in the open, easy to find, like near the ship, uh, near the lanes. Usopp is brutally beaten up. Like this is like Alabasta levels of like, holy shit, are you alive? What the yeah. hell happened? Like it was gruesome. Like yeah, we went he looked very much like he did in Alabasta. Like, yeah, we went massive beating. Yeah, we were going from the beauty of Water Seven, and then all of a sudden, now we're at this, right? Like shit's getting real. And yeah, and then right the before that, and... we had like that cutaway to Sanji, who has just found Chopper, and he's like, "Man, I thought that big guy in the mask with Robin was you. Now I don't mm -hmm. know who it was." And he kind of starts ruminating about those warnings that he got from Aokiji just a few mm -hmm. chapters ago. But it's just like all of a sudden, you know, all this darkness kind of just sets on like the chapters in this little mm -hmm. stretch here and it's kind of just getting darker and darker like as we go mm -hmm. Sanji's doing a very good job this uh arc um I'll mention it I'll mention it again in the next arc but like another reason why I love this arc was it feels like every character is on their a game or even their s tier game where yeah. even Sanji a character that typically annoys me with his habits it's been toned down this arc and then as this arc goes on and on Sanji is really good this arc. Like, I know you're trying to cover from a lot in Alabasta, and I'm like, he's mostly good, but these parts still annoy me. This one, I'm like, I got no complaints about Sanji this arc at all, dude. He, he was like, goaded in this arc. Yeah, Sanji, like, especially as we get further on, we'll get cover more in part two. Sanji's, like, almost carrying this arc by part two. And, but even right now, like, the seeds are being placed. Kind of like an Alabasta, right? Where early on, where it's like, he's picking up on things earlier on than other people. He's got his own intrigue going on. Yeah. And trying to put some pieces together but yeah like i said like everyone's on their a game um we're already oh, an hour <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure oh yeah i, I realized that That's it's hilarious. water seven dude i warned I you this would happen i just <laughs> thought i just think it's hilarious for the the listeners now that before we started recording you're like yeah if we only do those 19 chapters we can do it in an hour and i was just like hour at best next to hour at best hour at best all right i, I it was it was as it I was worried that maybe... And here we are now on the fourth chapter of the arc, <laughs> one hour hey, in. There's a there was a part of me that was worried that we talked so much praise about Water 7 before recording, like throughout the month and a half, that in between recordings, that I thought maybe we were going to uh, rush through the world building arc, and I'm like, <laughs> Man, maybe we should no. make you wait a month between every arc, you know, it really gives you time <laughs> to think about everything and yeah. ruminate a little bit. And it turns out that's actually a bad thing because now I can't shut up about the things I've been holding quiet for a month and a half. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's super important, but we do meet a government official by the name of Corgi. I am sorry to say, readers and what viewers, he does not look like a Corgi dog. I think He's it is. It's important just for this arc. I don't know if like you're, you're saying uh, if the character himself is important. Yeah, but I don't think the character himself is like, different. But the conversation the, he has with exactly. Iceberg about like there's something that he seems to like want or he's like some mm -hmm. kind of deal that therefore we now know the government has with the the galley law company of shipwrights which it yeah. does create a little more intrigue kind of just adding on and it is in the context of this little dark stretch we're talking about so you just automatically get the feeling that it is something sinister right yeah exactly yeah so because 
first off, Iceberg is just being Iceberg, where literally Korg is right there, and Iceberg's like, I'm not here. <laughs> it's like, I can literally see you. You are, in fact, here and free. So while the Straw Hats are finding Usopp at this point, then Iceberg does talk to him. And then later on, yeah, we find out that Korg, the government official, wants something, and it's still unclear, but it's given enough hints because Iceberg did ask Luffy and the Straw Hats, do you know a person named Nico Robin? And then Luffy drops, yeah, she's a part of our crew. And immediately you're going, uh-oh, that's a red flag. And then after the Corgi meeting, it cuts back to, they want something oh my God, I have. This so good, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. There's all these little bits and pieces stacking up. Like, even while Robin is off screen for most of the time, we're getting, like, that kind of intrigue. And then we get the bomb drop out the Mary over on this storyline. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Water 7. We were praising... You. Yeah, we are praising how uh, Arlong Park and Alabasta have this great talent of, like, the pieces in the background are all moving bit by bit. But in Water 7, it feels like these are big pieces moving around, but what's the payoff? What's the payoff? What's the payoff? Because they show, like, when Iceberg is dropping, like, oh, the government wants something I have, but they can't want. It shows a wanted poster of Nico Robin as a, as a child. So he's like, okay, he's fully aware of Robin. She's a wanted criminal. He was asking about Robin earlier. So, yeah, we had the moment where we have the, the government set up. We have the Straw Hats splitting up. Nami, sorry, so Sanji and Chopper, like you said, they reunite. They meet up. Um, then Nami finds Usopp. And not only is he beaten and bru- uh, beaten so badly, it's Alabasta flashbacks for me. But worse, because it's like they're not winning a fight. It's like, no, he lost right. this fight. He got mugged. And he is overridden with guilt. Where he is just, I'm so sorry. They took the money. We can't fix the Mary Girl. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Nami doesn't tell him, obviously, because, you know, it's no time, really. It's not the right moment to explain. We're probably not going to, you know, we can't fix her. Like, these experts say we can't. So, but she doesn't say it, obviously. She has that look on her face that is just so well drawn. Oh, absolutely. It's like that melancholy, like, sadness and kind of, like, almost pity because she knows, like, he's going to feel, like, responsible. And even yeah. when they do inevitably, like, explain the truth to him, he's probably still going to blame himself. Yeah, and and for context, like, everyone knows, but, like, to remind people, he's the, he's the quote-unquote carpenter right now. So he definitely has the biggest connection to the Merigo as well. So, and I'm pretty sure Nami knows this, too. That's why Nam- I think, I think Nami understands, understands Usopp really well. I I yeah. personally have always felt like they connect on being the most quote unquote like human, human. Yeah, yeah the most human yeah they most human the hats. So I, they've always gotten real. along really well and I really like their relationship too and I, I think I think her face there looking down at him really says it all like everything that mm-hmm. you just said and everything that I was saying like she really does get it you know she does get it it's it clicks with her um, and so, so wait we did cut out. Well, probably cut out most of that discussion, but we kind of had to retool this into probably three episodes because we're an hour in at roughly four chapters right now. <laughs> Maybe four. There's so much to talk about in this arc, and it's so fun. And I do feel like we we discussed a lot of really good, like relevant information here, and that might oh, yeah. actually the beating of Usopp chapter end might just be a good place to end up this episode. Oh, probably yeah. Um, wait, there's still one more bit. Did you want to cover that yet? The where the Straw Hats go to Frankie's family the first time. Do you want to cover it? I thought like we want that is I was pretty thinking, close to here, but well, I was gonna say like, how do you want to start the next one? Did you want to start uh, this beat down first and then? Well, I mean, that we can kind of cliff notes that here, right? So 
they find yeah, I was out, wondering. I they find Usopp, like they kind of do a little regrouping. And I mean, the short of it is we get another walk up to Arlong yeah, the Park, Brotherhood the Arlong walk. Park yeah, exactly. walk. Yeah, <laughs> with this time including Chopper, let's go, but excluding mm-hmm. Usopp, obviously, who's injured. And we get the Chopper, yeah. Zoro, Sanji, and Luffy absolutely destroying the Frankie family it's and not their a base. competition like, just completely it's not. wrecked the whole thing no it's I, not it's, it's a curb it's stop. not a competition at all like there's like literally like here's the tank guy oh my armor is a, a giant cannonball you can't get through this Q and Luffy one punching the armor through oh fire all the cannons Q and Zoro cutting up all the cannons like it is not a competition dude it is yeah not. it all goes it back to what we said about Luffy like a long time ago I think in Arling Park and it also applies you know to Zoro Sanji and Chopper like the one thing you don't want to do is mess with Luffy's friends like you know no very high no. list of things you don't want to do this was also yeah this was after um Usopp tried to go in solo because Nami leaves Usopp right because he's trying to get to the chopper or to the straw hats to get help Usopp gets himself back up because of that insane willpower he has the one unhuman part about him that insane willpower he has he goes to Frankie's family and tries to get back the money by himself gets beaten up again and that causes you know the straw hats to find Usopp right in front of the house and going oh these guys are not gonna go well <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, you guys are not going to go well. So I think we can end it right there. Or do you want to include the cliffhanger where Luffy makes a decision? Let I mean, like I said, you should probably read the whole arc before watching or listening to these episodes. But yeah, yeah. like as we know, in the next episode, we'll be talking about the the reparations of Luffy's yeah. decision and how the whole thing boils over with Usopp, yada, yada. And that will Mm -hmm. probably be mostly about the Usopp thing, the whole episode. And we'll probably end up doing a third episode relating to the climax of this and all those implications. Most likely, yeah. Mm -hmm. What a good fucking arc, dude. Great. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm not upset that our first episode of Water 7 is only like less than 10 chapters. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> what man, if, if we really wanted to, we could read half of almost every arc barring a mm-hmm. couple, right? Like little garden. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to read that in two episodes, <laughs> but most of the arcs and going forward, a lot of them are going to be split because they're very long arcs, but there are a few that will be single. Oh, Water 7s are taste of a bigger, more dense arc where it's like Alabasta was really dense and good, but Water 7 it's a, literally it it leads to the next arc as well kind of like um yeah. the arc before skypia so yeah. there's so much on top of that so it's like man there's so much to talk about and it's a beautiful place too how, have i mentioned that yet have i mentioned how yeah. great water seven is i don't i don't know i don't, I don't think we did mention how did i did water i mention the union is. jack dress yet did i mention that I mentioned yeah, that, right? You definitely didn't remind me. Okay, I just want I just <laughs> want the readers to know, okay? Just want the readers and watchers to know it's a beautiful dress. Okay. <laughs> okay Very so important. Basically, next week's episode will probably cover up to around 341, and then we'll finish the arc going up to 374. Mm-hmm. So might... week. But before we conclude, <laughs> we got another mm-hmm. five star review. <gasps> right before I, we hit our hiatus, so I apologize for making <laughs> you wait when the closing comment of this five-star review is looking forward to hearing more. I greatly apologize, but we are We, we, we back are back in town. We're back in town. We're back in town. So from our boy Megaweeb underscore X3 on Great iTunes, man. he comments, amazing One Piece content. I'm a big fan of One Piece and listen to slash watch a lot of fan content of the 
Joy hmm. Girl, BBA Law, and Teching 101, to name a few. I know those names mean nothing to you, Jacob. I'm Continuing, <laughs> he says, this podcast podcast easily fits comfortably with those names in terms of analysis and passion. Looking forward to hear more. Thank you Sounds- so much. Your words are very kind to me, especially. Jacob <laughs> is definitely missing some context, but he will eventually understand how high this praise is. <laughs> I'm listening to Justin's reaction, and that's enough to make me go, that's a really high praise then. That it sounds really good. Very, very high praise. And it really means a lot to me. So thank you very much for that. And we hope that you are still listening and continue to listen as we continue to read this amazing series. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the comments and review. Absolutely. More of the reason to, you know, that little extra innovation to keep on going. Even if I wasn't liking this series, it's just like, oh, the reviews definitely help. Absolutely. You get, it, always feels, it always feels good. It always feels great. Yeah, like if after we finish this, we end up trying to, to branch off and maybe both of us quote-unquote virgin like another manga yeah super even rookies. if it's a l- kind of lame story if we if the reviews keep coming it'll i'll keep trucking mm-hmm. and we will read <laughs> if there are any other five-star reviews on itunes i don't think you can review on spotify even though we are also available there but if you review Shame us on itunes spotify. we will see it and we will read it on the episode and say thank you very much because it is very helpful to us thank you very much see ya mm-hmm.